0: Hello and welcome to Court Games, a Legend of the Five Rings podcast funded by the Legend of the Five Rings Discord Patreon.
1: This podcast will focus on the role-playing game stories and lore for Legend of the Five Rings. I'm Korva. I'm Kikita Kaori. And today we are going to talk about romance. Happy Valentine's Day, not anywhere near Yes, near
0: Valentine's <laughs> happy, happy Valentine's Day, absolutely nowhere. Unless you're listening to this in the future, in which case it might be on Valentine's Day, in which case. You're set. Yeah.
1: Except it's it's tragic samurai romance or samurai romance in general, and therefore you might be, you know, suffering a, a tragic end to your romance.
0: But first, we do have a bit of news. There have been updates in the Legend of the Five Rings Store?
1: Just some new stuff for you to get. And also the Great Clans of Rokugan book is out with novellas for the Crane Phoenix, uh, Scorpion and Unicorn. So you can check that out. Uh, if you do get that, you can see in the back that um, in this book, Great Clans of Rokugan 1, there is the Crane novella Snow and Ice by Katrina Ostrander. In the next book, which is Great Clans of Rokugan, Volume 2, there is the Lion novella, and it is called Deathseeker, Seeker, and it is by Robert Denton III. So you can check those out.
0: All the other books, all the other stories in Great Clans of Rokugan 1 and 2 have already been issued as part of the clan novellas. In case you weren't aware, yes. So if you already have those, you got to yeah decide.
1: And uh, I have read the crane novella part of it. And if you are, if you already have the other three uh, novellas in Great Clans of Rokugan, one, I personally don't find the crane novella worth picking up the volume to get a new one. But you are welcome to make your own judgments there.
0: Yeah, everyone's everyone's mileage may well vary. Right.
1: Anyway, on a different but related topic, we were going to talk about romances today. Yeah. Uh, L5R is a game where interpersonal relationships is a very important part of the game in the world. It's not just adventuring, it's dealing with your inner goals and turmoil and how that and desires, and how that conflicts with duty, and how your clans relate to each other politically, personally, and how you relate to your clan, and the enmities that can form between clans. All of this to say that a large part of our inner emotional lives, and therefore the inner lives of our characters that we end up playing around tends to be related to our relationships with other people and that brings up the topic of of romance.
0: It does, it does. It, it's it's a very strong source of plots and stories around the world and including samurai drama and samurai fiction and it's also been a big part of certain legend of the five rings. Stories as well
1: absolutely
0: and the the issue is how do you include that in your game? how do you make it work well? how do you make it a, how do you make romance a good story? and we're going to be looking at those aspects as we go through.
1: So some of the plots that can be driven based on romances are you know we have we have duels, um, those are often. Traditionally inspired by, uh, you know, conflicts between rivals for a lover or um, aspersions put on somebody by, because of a, a of a lover or because of a relationship. Um, there are mechanics for those in the game system. There are mechanics in the game system for intrigues, which can be anything from persuading a person to like you to persuading their parents to allow you to marry them or anything in between. It has this lot of uh, social aspects and intrigues that uh, that, that basically you know deepen this interpersonal relationship uh, mechanic into full scenes or even full campaigns.
0: There are also arranged marriages. Which they kind of, they can follow a similar kind of, of plot lines in a way, because you 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 can end up with someone trying to arrange a relationship between two people, possibly themselves and someone else. If they're going for a particular match or a matchmaker trying to get two people together, two families trying to arrange things between their children. Cause they want to, you know, ally their families, that sort of thing. That can also have many of the same intrigues going on where you're trying to convince someone to go along with someone or you're trying to convince someone not to do a thing or you want to smooth out obstacles between you know the people and that can be disrupted by actual romance though
1: right (laughs) so arranged marriages end up often uh following similar lines in some ways to romance but those things can be completely separate but related, so causes some conflict there. Clan or faction differences uh, between a couple can be a source of conflict. You can have, you know, the families disagreeing with each other. You could have conflicts of duty within that relationship too, including the Dragonfly Clan, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Dragonfly Clan is the the, the clan as a whole is founded off two people who fell in love despite the arranged marriage that was not involving the two of them, which ended up causing issues with the Phoenix clan and the lion clan. And then the dragon clan got involved and then they became a minor clan and the dragon clan kind of adopted them sort of, but they're still an independent minor clan and the lion clan was still aggrieved and this, I mean, this went on for years and years and years, and there's, there's still some enmity going on. So that there is a big plot involving romance that has had ramifications all through rock and history. Mm-hmm.
1: Power struggles inside a relationship can also end up having widespread uh, ramifications. So um, an example is, to a degree, Bayushi Kachiko and Bayushi Shouju end up having these, uh, you know, power struggles or conflicts of a... what They they both love each other, right? They both have been in a compatible relationship for many years, all right? Um, they both want what is best for the scorpion. Mm-hmm. However, because they have different ideas of what is best for the Scorpion and for the Empire, this leads to breakdowns in their relationship, in their communication, that ends up spinning out of control and uh, ends up you know, destroying lives and all <laughs> kinds of things. It, it gets really out of control. In the-
0: nearly tearing the Empire apart, honestly.
1: Yes, nearly tearing the Empire apart, and it's because of this – a power struggle between competing ideas within this relationship. If they were different people, if they weren't married to each other, then it wouldn't have worked out the same way.
0: Indeed, that's very, very true. Now, the theme of of a lot of tragic samurai stories revolve around romances. Unfortunately, sadly, a lot of them end in double suicides, which is um, rather depressing. But it is a very common one, when you have star-crossed lovers when you have the you know the samurai attracted to the merchant's daughter but they can't marry because they are too different in social class sometimes they end up running away and having a you know a, a happy but poor life as farmers somewhere
1: forming the deer clan
0: yeah yeah something like that um but unfortunately, an awful lot of the time they are tragically stuck between the rigid conformity of their culture and the the differing social classes. And the only way out, they they seem to think, is to leave the, the world together, uh, which is often very tragic. I've actually been reading... A lot of Usagi Yojimbo stories, the story of the Rabbit Samurai by Stan Sakai, and um, it's they're they are really really good. They are way way better than than someone is if someone told you that there's you know samurai stories starring a rabbit and everyone is cats and dogs and and rhinoceroses and things.
1: And they're well researched.
0: They're really well researched. Yeah, there's the kind of Romantic tragedy here, although that's very common, is that Musashi Usagi. He's a wanderer uh, because you know he's a Ronin because he he lost his lord at the Battle of um, not actually Sekigahara. It's the it's called something different in in his world, um, but he's a wanderer and one of first off, he has the romance with his childhood sweetheart. But when he leaves for war and and never returns to the village, she ends up marrying someone else. And that's a source of tragedy. And he does eventually go back and he has to deal with those feelings of what could have been had he stayed. But she's now married. She's got a child. You know, She has a life. She can't leave with him, despite what her feelings may have been in the past and what his feelings may have been in the past and what they are now. And so tragically, they have to part. And that's something that may come up if your characters are wanderers that they find someone, but they can't stay and the other one has to. Similarly, there's a lady in the entourage of one of a, of a particular lord in a particular province he keeps passing through. And because he's an adventurer, he keeps getting involved in adventures so he keeps helping them so he's in, held in quite high esteem but she is one of the higher ranking retainers in this lord's retinue she is herself a mighty warrior and so there's a lot of respect and you keep looking at it and think will they won't they will they won't they but the fact of the matter is he is always going to be wandering and she has her duty so that's a, another kind of samurai story that comes up a lot where the wanderer they 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 leave they you know they can't stay because they wouldn't be happy if they stayed and the other person wouldn't be happy if they left and so it's tragic but uh you know that that romance is still an aspect
1: right so if you are going to do romance romance in your game there are some general rules you really need to follow it's a sensitive it, it can be a sensitive subject um and in any event it should be handled with care um, uh, there are th- there are things that are even harder to handle than this but this is you know be be intelligent about it the first general rule i have for doing romances in games is save the romance especially the deeper romance more than just like oh, she's cute kind of thing for experienced and mature players at your table. You don't put it on the, the new player who's just joined in, who you don't know if they can handle it or not. Save it till you know that they can handle it in a way that keeps everybody comfortable at the table.
0: Yeah, this, this is very true. Yeah, you want to negotiate aspects of the game. I mean, you want to negotiate a lot of aspects of the game, but this is an important one to do when it comes to your session zero. So you want to do things like define what people are comfortable with, what they're not comfortable with, what are the parameters, how far are things going to go, what kind of stories are you likely to do, what areas do people not want to go into at all, you know. So some people may well not want to deal with some of the more tragic aspects, so, and that's fair.
1: Right. Themes of romance should all require positive consent before beginning the game. You say, do you want to have romance? As soon as the idea has struck you, you should ask your player, you know, do you want to have romance be part of the game and they, it should give a positive consent. You don't need to go into more depth there because obviously you don't want to spoil it, but that, it requires positive consent at the beginning. However, themes related to lack of consent to sexual violence or coercion or anything requires an even higher level than positive consent, okay? So positive consent says, yes, I'm open to having themes of romance in my game. I'm, I'm open to my character being in relationship with anything. If it's something related to lack of consent, uh, you know, sexual violence or coercion or anything like that, that requires... Active affirmation, both at the start of the game, start of the campaign, but also in the game session that it's about to occur in, all right? Because a person can say at the beginning of the game in session zero, oh yes, I'm okay if these things come up, and still not be okay when you spring it onto them three months later on their character when they're not ready for it. That's not that not that's not not good, especially if you're saying, "Okay, this is I'm I'm looking at doing this to your character. That takes a separate higher level of consent than just, you know, I, I affirm that I'm open to these themes. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. I think romance and romance and sex in general, it feels a lot more personal. There's something different about, you know, your character gets injured That's one thing. It doesn't feel like it affects you as much. But when it comes to love and sex and that, I think it it feels a bit more personal, like it's directed at you, the player, not your character. Even if that's not the intent, I think it can feel that way. And that's why you have to be very, very careful about what you do.
1: Uh, This requiring active affirmation in session also goes for Graphic depictions of anything sexual, even if it's not happening to your character, uh, if you're you know, graphically describing something that they see, is like you should double check <laughs> in the game session that it's okay before you go go there. So I'm just saying it it just consent to it is not enough. You need you need another level of that for this
0: stuff. Be very very clear. Yeah. Uh- Next, I would say that just because your players are one gender or another, that does not mean that this sort of consent is not required.
1: Right. So if you have an all male player party, cis identifying male party, that does not mean that you should you don't have to worry about consent for this stuff because you don't know what individual players have gone through. Mm Mm-hmm. And you don't know how individual players will take it. Yeah, and it is a trap in a you know same sex game party, especially if you you know think that there's nobody at the table who uh, shares a different um, orientation than you. That that you don't have to worry about this, but you do.
0: Yeah, yeah, and also don't assume just because everyone's ladies that. Yeah, of course we're going to do romance because we're all are all ladies. Let's let's do some romance. That's not necessarily true either.
1: Absolutely, same 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 deal. There can be you know people who don't want to deal with the stress of it. There are people who have had experiences related to it. So um, just don't assume <laughs> that just because your players are one one gender or another that 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 kind of consent is not required. The next rule we have is a. Sp- if you're going to do public gaming, like not related to your partner, you know, personally playing in the bedroom or whatever, that that's fine. That's up to you.
0: That's but a whole different podcast. Gaming,
1: <laughs> that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> not one I'm running. Um, use Fade to Black. So you can have intimate relations in the game, but nobody else at the table wants to hear it. So, if it's beyond you know kissing or hand holding, if it's public gaming, whether it's gaming in a discord space or it's gaming on a forum or if it's gaming at a tabletop that is not
0: like in a game very, store
1: very personal, <laughs> like a game store. You know.
0: <laughs> Some of you may remember back in the, the the days when people could meet in actual buildings and role play <laughs> at the same time. Yes,
1: if if the relationship, if if the you know physicality of the relationship goes beyond kissing and hand holding, things that you would see going on in public, like outside, all right, don't don't show it, don't don't role play it out.
0: Don't go beyond that, yeah. You no know,
1: player to GM or anything like that. You just say, "Okay, fade to black," <laughs> and and let it and let it be off screen. You don't have to do anything else. Just say it. Then you can come back afterwards and say it happened. You don't know as a GM the level at which any player would would be embarrassed um, by what's going on, whether it's the players participating or the players watching. And the truth is that players don't want to admit they're getting embarrassed by it. And so it's like, oh, the GM wants me to do this and I want to be a good player. And so I'll respond like this. And then the GM like, well, she's responding like this, so I'll take it.
0: There can be a lot of pressure.
1: And you end up, it gets, it gets, end up pressuring each other, even without intent um, to go further than you, uh, than you are comfortable with, that the other players are comfortable with. And even if you are still comfortable, you might be pressuring another player and thinking it's okay because they're responding back, but they're actually responding back because they're trying to be a good player. The goal of this is not to cause embarrassment uh, for doing a romance, but to keep everything related to romance fun and friendly for your table and make it a good game. And so if it goes past kissing, just fade to black and then you don't have to do it. And this is helped by Rokugan's culture of less is more when it comes to public displays of affection. If you go, be, if you're kissing in public, you're doing way beyond the social bounds anyway uh in general so you don't need to take it any further to get the point across
0: yes i mean it's all it can all be looks and glances and and light touches of fingers and and just you know not even holding hands just just yeah um i find it is interesting a lot of people seem to get very confused by what do you mean you don't everyone's not just hugging each other and in public, what, 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 how, how, how would that even be? But, you know, some, not everyone is as demonstrative as everyone else. So, you know, like you say, less is more in this case. Um, one thing we definitely kind of, uh, recommend is to avoid using game mechanics for seduction because, uh, basically it's gross. Uh, <laughs> it's, I'm sure. I, I especially dislike it when it is used on player characters, whether it's player character on player character or GM to player character. That's particularly bad, in my opinion. And it's not particular when, you know, I mean, the NPCs are kind of there in many ways to be game mechanic at, but even then just kind of, um, I, I, you know, I'm the, the, the pretty lord's daughter. I roll really well on my seduction. Well, you know, that also doesn't particularly, <laughs> that can also be, you know, that can be bad in its own way. Yeah. Um, like Legend of Five Rings does have mechanics for this. And there are, I think there are specific rules and opportunities and such, but I think generally it's bad form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, unless the opportunities can be like getting rid of obstacles in the way of two people who are already interested in each other, as opposed to, I'm going to make someone interested in me who wasn't, you know.
1: Right. Or you could potentially use the L5R rules for, you know, somebody, a player, let's say, who wants to romance an NPC, properly romance an NPC, and doesn't have the words for what they want to do and it's like okay you can you can use it here but don't do it for the whole thing do it for this little step of the romance if that
0: makes sense yeah what what, what precise poem would be best at this moment what what what, what part of her attire should i compliment
1: <laughs> things like that so when you are doing romances At the gaming table, there's a couple of different types of romance that you are, that could happen. Uh, The first kind of romance that could happen is where you have two PCs who want to be in a romance with each other. Okay? Or, uh, you know, develop a romance with each other during the course of the game. Um, This can be really distracting for your table and can be complicated for your other players and can get kind of off track or out of control if it's not used carefully. Uh, So it's okay to have. I recommend it not being the primary focus of a game, playing this out on screen, unless you do it in a very subtle way. Because it tends to consume table time from the rest of the players, does tend to stop the plot from advancing. How, however, if two PCs want their characters to be romantically linked, you can have the story not be about the growth of their relationship necessarily, but focus more on the nijo jiri of wanting the relationship to happen in the face of other duties. So all the things that advance their relationship itself, you know, that develops off-screen. You don't role play it out, you don't take that to the table. But then, you know, at some point it's like, okay, we like each other, and then you kind of just like weave it in or you put obstacles between them in the in the course of the relationship and focus more on the obstacles or your general plot and let that be background. Yeah. Right?
0: I I think this could be a little bit different in a play by post game or a forum game because that extra role-playing that goes on between those two doesn't nest that can go on literally on the side and it doesn't necessarily impact the main story. And Mm -hmm. some people in fact do like you've got your tabletop say, or your, or your discord voice or, or, you know, virtual tabletop or whatever. And that's the main plot. But, in between those sessions the people who want to do side stuff can essentially do their own play by email play by post thing which is which is essentially you know it happens off screen but in a little more detail so it's you know so it is maybe that can be an outlet if that's what those people are interested in so you can you
1: can ha- you can certainly have it off screen between them just don't leave the rest of the party hanging while they do their thing
0: the next kind of uh romance kind of plot is npc and npc now i think in many ways this this is i think a lot safer because it's not involving actual players so and also you're not going to want to play this out as much as you would if it involves player character. This is, this is stuff that's generating plots for the characters to get involved with. So you would only show the stuff that is relevant to the player characters.
1: Unless you're really into writing fan fiction, in which case, have at.
0: On you go. Yeah. One of the things is also that in Rocky Less is more. So you can have their romance develop through interpreting haiku, the language of flowers. The game of letters, and and so on and so forth. Those those little signs, and you could also take into account that although gunny society is very rigid, it doesn't necessarily have to be so rigid that people aren't actually humans. You know,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. So this goes into what you were talking about earlier about public displays of affection, right? You could have some. <laughs> Human beings are still human beings. That's, that's, that's it.
0: Yeah. But in it, 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 the thing is, when, when you live in a subtle culture, those subtle things, everyone looks out for them. So they become in many ways as clear as, you know, big, big demonstrations. So those little glances and so forth are actually very significant. Certainly to the individuals, they may be being you know, discreet as far as everyone else is concerned. Maybe no one else catches them. But to them, those glances are super important. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so even the slightest touch between two people could be hugely significant. If I, I rest my, if I'm I'm leaning on a railing, here's a, here's a nice, nice samurai thing. I'm leaning on a railing next to the person whom I'm attracted to, and I reach out my pinky finger and touch the, edge of their hand, that is an incredibly intimate, sexy gesture for a society where touch is not very common. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. but, um, a, but, but you also can't have this, you know, I can never express feelings, anything like that. So for me, I kind of use the shorthand of thinking of this society as having a, a great sense of the consequences of embarrassment. Absolutely. So in our culture, maybe we don't care as much about being embarrassed, but we still feel embarrassed by doing, uh, you know, things that would be embarrassing to do in public. So uh, I would not go up on stage and hug my spouse after he just gave a presentation to the board, no matter how, proud I was of him because that would embarrass him, that would embarrass me, that's not the right setting, that's not the right context for me to give him that display of affection. I would. I could be very proud of him and he would come out afterwards and, you know, we'd meet outside the room and when no one was looking I'd give him a big old hug because that would be, you know, an appropriate way to congratulate him. So hugs can happen in Rokugan too, but it would be under very very um hidden circumstances because almost all circumstances that somebody would be living in would be in public it would not be an appropriate situation to 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 hug in you just, and you would you as a person would not think of doing things that would embarrass people you cared about you wouldn't want to embarrass your partner by hugging them in public that would be like embarrassing to them and you. (laughs) Um, The final kind of relationship that we have uh, a lot, and this is the most complicated one, but also the most common way it's done and the one that people need to think about, I guess, is the relationship between an NPC and a PC. And this is often how long-term romances would be done within a RPG. In these kind of circumstances, in general, the player will tend to choose who they want to have the romance with. As a GM, you don't want to try too hard to force a romance. You know, you just have an arrangement of people that they meet in their adventures and let the player pick up one organically if they see one that they think would be, uh, you know, work well for their character. Uh, as a player, too, you know, if you can say, you know, GM, could you please include some romanceable NPCs in your storyline? Yeah. But the the choice is up to the player there.
0: Yeah, let let the player choose the relevant dialogue options. <laughs>
1: you know, who, who are they going to romance this adventure? It can be very awkward for um, a GM to try to be an NPC, uh, romancing a PC, especially if... They are playing a member of the opposite sex and, you know, romancing someone of the, you know, that, that opposite sex NPC is romancing someone of their shared sex. At least that's the ones that my GMs tend to get most awkward on. It is,
0: yeah. I mean, that, that's that's going to be the common one. But obviously, any time when it's like, that's not the romance that I'm, I do and it's not the gender I am. <laughs> and, oh, my God. And... and and then it's someone I wouldn't personally be in a romance with, and I'm having to do this acting towards them, and that can be on both sides. It can be really, really awkward.
1: Yes, to solve that, you can you don't don't look at the player while you're role playing that NPC. Look someplace else, <laughs> and just like look at another player or something else. Don't look at it. The eye contact starts making that really uncomfortable. So that was a tip that I had had,
0: had read. You can also kind of take a step back in terms of instead of literally role playing out as in saying exactly what the character says, you can Mm -hmm. take a step back and start and narrate the character will say this, the character will say that, and be, be a bit more general. So you're not as kind of in the moment. And I think, again, this is also for both the GM and the player and I was also, when I was talking about possibly doing these things on the side with the PC and PC, this can also happen here where maybe you do this by email or the forums where you're, it's more like writing fiction than it is role playing immediately as your character. So, There are ways of kind of de-escalating and and making it less awkward in the moment, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Finally, if you're doing an NPC and PC romance, don't worry about being cliche. I mean, this is, uh, you know, it's very special. Speaking as a player who's done a variety of kinds of romance, it feels pretty special if the GM gives your character a good romance and we'll talk about how to do a properly developed romance even if it's cliche, you know. So, so having that specialness, you know, not happen because it's cliche and the GM wants to avoid cliche. Well, it kind of feels feels like a letdown. So, so let yourself be cliche unless you've done it ten million times.
0: Honestly, I think and
1: if your if your player has done it ten million times, then you then then you've got a lucky GM, I guess. Or
0: <laughs> I, I have to say, I think that you, as just in general, not just in romance, I think you should be less worried about being cliché because it's cliché when you watch two characters on a screen do it. It's not cliché when you are doing it. It does not feel clichéd. You know, that that 30-second fight with goblins doesn't feel so much like a cliché when it's your character and you're rolling the dice, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the same with absolutely romantic plots. Don't worry so much about the cliche, the particular individual, the particular characters, the particular situation, and the fact that it's you know happening to a uh, you know a particular person. I think that'll solve that problem. No problem. No, the cliche will not be a problem. Right now, I don't have an awful lot of experience with romance in role playing games. I have to say, <laughs> uh, it sounds like you do. So, I think I think you might want to guide us through this next bit. Which is developing the arc of the romance itself.
1: Okay, so yeah, I'm I'm lucky. My my GM is my husband. So and we met through gaming, and so yeah, I've been doing this yeah from time to time for a while. But also, um, you know, if there are romance books, this is kind of how you would do a romance in a story or something like that as well. Um, Just like every story, a romance plot. Uh, has to follow a, a story arc to be a romance that works. And it's kind of specific for a romance if you're going to actually play it through on, uh, on the screen as a, as a plot. Otherwise, it just is a uh, fact of life. <laughs> All right? So here's, here's my recommendations for developing that arc of romance. Um, the first thing is, Define which attribute or characteristic of the PC attracts the NPC and work with the player to determine the attribute of the NPC that attracts the PC. So they should have some attribute that they are attracted to in the, in the other character of the romance. Okay? These attributes work best. Please work best. <laughs> they are not... Beauty, beauty is not role playable.
0: No, not
1: really.
0: Um, yeah, she she is roll dice three pretty. <laughs> that's that's really all you can do, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's not it's not role playable. No. Um, however, and and it's not interesting. <laughs> but characteristics like compassion or intelligence or wit, uh, stubbornness, strength, charisma. You know, how well that they lead other people.
0: Yeah, in, in, in your samurai dramas, things like loyalty and duty as well can be exactly those characteristics as well, yeah. All
1: right. So you have to pick one from each character that is the thing that attracts the other character to them, okay? Before you start out. That's, that's kind of the thing. And then to, to initiate the romance, what you have to do is create two moments. Okay, you have to have one for each member of the potential couple where they they can exhibit that characteristic to its best fashion in front of the other person. All right, so let's say one person is attracted to the other's compassion and the other person is attracted to the other's intelligence, just as an example, then you want to have a moment where the person who is attracted com- to compassion can see the other person being really compassionate, not to them, no, to somebody else. So it's like, okay, this is the this is the spotlight moment where they see, wow, you know, this person has a lot of this trait that I am attracted to. Yeah, right, and then the other. Person should have a moment where they are um, attracted to the intelligence, and this could be in a you know dialogue where the two are snapping back at each other, back and forth at each other in some banter, and you know the person who's the one who's being attracted to intelligence sees the other one getting the best of them for their intelligence or their wit, and that's like oh he's even smarter than me. That's attractive. Uh, or he's as smart as me. That's that's attractive. So you want to make two moments where they exhibit their characteristics very well uh, in front of the other person. And that's kind of where the relationship begins, because now you've got these traits to latch onto that they they see as attractive. And then You can have them starting to recognize, oh, there are other things that are attractive about them other than these traits. But you kind of want to, you can't make it too complicated in a role-playing game. So you kind of want to focus on, you know, the key uh, attractive trait. So that's the second step. All right? Mm -hmm. Um, The third step that I have is to have one or two scenes, some number of scenes, where the two people in the relationship can express their admiration or their recognition of the admired characteristic. Um, and therefore, from there, of the other person, you know. Uh, this recognition, this moment of recognition can happen even if the person being admired, the the, the potential love interest or just starting out love interest is in most attributes considered by the person admiring to be a complete failure, or a loser, um, even well learned, the enemy. So an example is, uh, you know, if one person says to, let's say they admire a crane for this one attribute. Um, it's a crab and they admire a crane because they can beat down really well in battle, and they've not seen that before or expected it, and that's what they admire about them. So they might say, you might arrange a scene where they say, you're a spoiled bratty crane and I hate you, but I really liked how you swung that tetsubo. <laughs>
0: that is definitely the way to a crab's heart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, in this example, it might take a while to win a relationship. You're starting with the end Points far apart, maybe. Um, But that's still the romance. You're you're creating scenes where they can express, um, not that they love them yet, but that they recognize uh, that characteristic that they admired in that other person. Okay? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you can think of more. But that was a fun one. Yes. (laughs) Um, The next step to a romantic arc is to create a difficult obstacle that must be overcome for the romance to continue. All right. So this is uh, you know, this doesn't mean you've you've thrown them in the to a difficult setting together. Um they they that could be happening all along, that could be happening during these scenes where you create these moments where they can admire each other, that's fine. But it's not a romantic arc unless you create an obstacle. That must be overcome for the romance to continue.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, the story needs conflict. They needs to have that. Will they? Won't they? The the kind of won't they needs to seem to be an actual possibility. If right. you see what I mean?
1: Um, this can be uh, arranged in a. Uh, there can be a couple of different kinds of um, obstacles. You can have internal obstacles related to the characters themselves. Uh, I'm so shy that I don't dare reach out further to this person. My heart is fragile and I, I'm too shy. And then that must be overcome before the relationship continues. Or you need an external conflict. My father forbids us from ever seeing each other again. And we must, you know, get past that in order to continue it. Um, It can be social, not an, an outside Individual, but an outside social force that is causing it. You know, you are a samurai and I am a, a lowly geisha, and our love is never meant to be. Um, and we would have to overcome that as the obstacle. And it can be just, it can be physical difference. Uh, you, you've been assigned back to the Dragon Mountains, and I'm here, and we are separated by the entire length of Rokugan, and I will never be able to see you again there. Um, so how is that going to be overcome? But it doesn't have to be the main plot of the overall game, but it has to be uh, something that is a conflict that would end the romance that your players have to overcome. Well, or you and your NPC and the PC, or whoever's doing it. The people in the relationship have to, have to overcome and then, you know, the fifth step is allow the player, the characters to start to overcome the obstacle um, in different ways. Maybe this, you know, they get more brave or maybe they persuade their father or maybe, uh, you know, someone decides they're going to throw social convention on. Whatever, whatever it is, they have to overcome it and know that they're overcoming it something has to happen to make it overcome and and be expressed that
0: it's overcome
1: so that's my stages for a romantic arc does that sound complete to you does that sound like a romance well
0: we seem to um be missing an ending it must be said (laughs) so
1: fair enough yeah (laughs) so what kind of endings
0: well i mean obviously you're going to get the happy endings i assume where the obstacle is overcome um and our our two lovebirds uh assuming it's just two our lovebirds uh get to be happy together happy ever after kind of ending or
1: or at least the romance can proceed further
0: yes happily happily for now i think is another
1: yeah happily for now is a much better way to put it um yeah, because it doesn't mean that it's the end of the romance, an end to this arc of a romance. doesn't mean it's the end of the the romance or the end of playing it out. Um, new challenges can arise. Um, so you could have another obstacle to the romance of a different type, and then that comes that. Or it can mean that they stay in this romance, but the game then would turn focus and focus on other things other than the romance. And now they are in a relationship is a a given it's
0: a part of the game background
1: thing for the game right it's a part of the world and then the, it's focusing on other things and maybe it goes back to if something happens to them but the romance continues but it's just part of the game now
0: yeah now sadly when we're talking about samurai plots and samurai dramas endings aren't always happy are they no. So it sounds like we, we can end up with, and we've been talking about tragic endings, which can be this obstacle cannot be overcome. That can happen sometimes. Uh, I suspect that's not as satisfying, especially when it's involving player characters. But sometimes even if the main obstacle is overcome, something else will come up. And this this could also end the romance, even though that's not what the participants want although like you say with the happy ending you know it's happily for now this could be unhappily for now you know this person is sent to the dragon mountains but that doesn't mean they vanish from the campaign forever this is something that could be picked up later as if the pcs are moving around or if the pcs are the ones sent to the Dragon Mountains, maybe the love interest also finds a way to get there or their own path leads them that way unexpectedly. So it could be tragic for now, just as you can have happily for now.
1: So the thing with the tragic ending is you... You don't want the initial obstacle, the the main difficult obstacle we talked about in the arc of the romance generally to be your tragic ending obstacle, because you kind of almost have to have that overcome something to start the romance in the first place. Does that make sense? To to get to romance as opposed to flirtation. (laughs) Yeah. It's not really a romance until they've overcome something to get there. That's why it could be small or big. So it almost like you've gone over a small hill. Now you're in romance territory. But when it gets to that tragic ending, now you've got this insurmountable hill. This you know something has severed it that makes it that makes it tragic. Anyway, hopefully that gave you some ideas for how to develop out a romance and some things to think about when you're trying to run one. And hopefully you can have lots of um, soulful notes going back and forth. For your players to linger on in moonlit gardens under the cherry blossoms or something like that. We do have a resource on uh, Com that has the rules for the game of letters. Always helpful for doing romances. You kind of need it. Anyway, that's it for us this week. We at least wanted to call out Fortune and Strife, our affiliated actual play podcast. And I think this week we were going to call out Houston and Wacked Mackie, Mackie Nooni, for being our patrons. We very much appreciate you.
0: Yes, thank you very much for your support. Our content is funded by the Community Discord Patreon, which supports our editing costs as well as our website hosting costs. And on our website, you can find and store long-term information We've got forums, we've got summaries of our podcasts, RPG tools, and a lot more. And also for our patrons, we have special bonus content like Adventure Seeds, early access to actual play podcasts, and more. Online, you can find us at our website, courtgamespod.com. On Twitter, we are courtgamespod. And you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash courtgames.
1: But that's it for us this week. May the fortunes favor you.
0: And I have been Corva. and until we meet again... Keep your jade handy.